the college football experience, Oregon Ducks 2023 season preview episode on the Sports Gambling Podcast Networks, brought to you by our very own Patreon. Score exclusive perks, content, and contests, including our NFL win totals contest with a thousand dollars to the top, you know, top winner. Uh, join today, sportsgatheringpodcast.com slash Patreon. Once again, that is sportsgatheringpodcast.com slash Patreon. Remember, as always, folks, to let it ride. Hey, folks, this is Bud Foster. You're listening to SGPN. Let's let it ride. Yes, yes, welcome, welcome to the college football experience, Oregon Ducks 2023 season preview, quack, 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 yes, it's a great time to talk duck football, good season a year ago, we're going to dive on into it, talk about everything. Perhaps you're wondering just who the hell you're listening to. Well, my name is Colby Swinging Dan Dubay's Dan, aka Pick Dundee. That's not a pick. This is a pick. He was raised in the land down under, where a man thinks on his feet, speaks with his fists, and lives by his wits. When Dundee happened, he was a superstar. I'm probably drinking too much and celebrating too much and not sleeping. Would have killed a normal man, but nah. Now that's gone. The medical advice I got from that was was like being hit by lightning. Pretend it never happened and get on with your life. We are talking about the Oregon Ducks, Justin Herbert, to Dan Fouts, to Ahmad Rashad. Marcus Mariota. Marcus Mariota. You got Musgrave, Bill Musgrave. Yeah, you got guys. There you go. Ricky Whittle, Tony (laughs) Graziani. I suppose Michael James. Who's uh, Achilles Smith? I saw his son just commit to the Ducks. There you go. It's going to be a lot of fun, but, you know, we got a lot of things we got to talk about here. I am joined by my co host. Give it up for former, former JMU Duke defensive back, the burrito eating, sideline kiss stealing, wheeling and dealing, Patty C in the place to be. Hi, um. Let's get it going, buddy. Yeah, buddy. Let's get it going. All right. I mean, talking duck football here. Otson Stadium. We're gonna have Michael Barker come through and talk about his experiences. The Otson, great stadium, great environment. There was a time when this was one of the most lovable teams in college football. You know, I would say they are definitely the epitome of primetime big money football. Now, you know. Well, they just joined the Big Ten. This news came through in the past couple of days. Uh, Look, I think they had to do what was best for them, but I think it sucks for the sport. I would much rather be watching Oregon, Oregon State, Oregon and Washington State, Oregon and Cal, Cal even yeah. than Minnesota. Does Minnesota and Oregon move the meter for you, Patty C? No. Does Maryland and Oregon no. move the meter for you? I know that Oregon, Ohio State does, but we were already seeing that when they were in the Pac 12 in the non con games, right? You know what I'm curious to see. We've done studies on what uh, ACC teams coming out west, and presumably Big Ten teams, SEC teams, yeah, yeah, coming out west too, and they have fared 
poorly to be kind about it. Now coming oh, east. Well, I wonder. Yeah. Oh, Oregon going east is going to be tough. But what is their home record going to be against the the likes of the Big Ten? Oh yeah, yeah. I think the Big Ten will probably struggle at Odson. But I, I actually let's talk about this for a second because, um, Oregon obviously has only had two losing seasons since 1993. Right, it's an incredible stat. And before that, you know, they really weren't that elite. But the Phil Knight money came in. And also good coaching, whether it was Rich Brooks or Mike Bellotti, I don't know Chip the Kelly. Phil Knight money really started well, to Nike explode. kind of I would say late eighties, early nineties it started to. Started to fund uh, No, I'm saying it started to really Well become, Nike started to get humongous then, of course. Yeah. But well, I think it's a trick. When did Oregon when did he really start to just I mean I, I feel well, like I, when they had those eight year olds in Cambodia I'd say when, when we knew they had, you know, thousands of eight year olds in Cambodia making shoes for them, I was saying uh, around you know, then that's when uh, <laughs> the money started rolling in. They're working 20 hour shifts. You know what I mean? Uh, no, but let's talk about this for a second. All right. And yes, there was some truth to what I just said, but uh, every power five that has jumped, cause I don't consider the big East to be power five. They were kind of a group of five, right? Yeah. Every power five that has jumped to another power five, it just hasn't worked out. You take a look at, uh, you know, let's go, let's go with the ones we know. Rutgers, terrible when they jumped, right? Yeah, they weren't a power five though. Big East wasn't. Maryland was. Maryland's had their struggles in the Big Ten. Maryland hasn't right? really worked out now. Uh, Missouri. Now Missouri, the first couple of years because the Pinkle era. They were but, great for the first couple of years, yeah, but, but, but reality came. Yes, Texas A and M still hasn't. hasn't really go, yeah, out, hasn't yeah. really worked out. Nebraska. Oh my! Everyone thought that would be the home run, right? Yeah. No, hasn't worked out. Colorado was a very good program. They jumped to the Pac-12. I mean, when would you say they start? Like two thousand? Are we talking about like two thousands teams? Jumping. Power five. Power five. Yeah. When did the Power Five moniker really even? It was it was Power Six when B- the Big East existed. Well, so even if, if you look at the Big East, I would say like Miami to the ACC, yeah, West out. Virginia to the uh, to Big the 12 Big Twelve hasn't really work. worked out. Now Virginia Tech, you can kind of say, but Virginia that's kind Tech of was Beamer. in the national championship like with the two Big years East. before. Yeah, or three years before. Um, if anything, they've teetered like down after yeah. life after Beamer, but. There is a a big, you know, we have a a good sample size. Arkansas when they left the SWAC to yeah. go to you know the SEC. Yeah, I mean, so you can be a big time program like Florida State came to the ACC and dominate, but they were an independent before then. You know, yeah. So I think if you're looking realistically, I mean, Utah did a great job from the Mountain West, but that's that was group of five. Yeah, yeah. TCU did a great yeah. job. Yeah, in the last thirty years, it generally hasn't worked out. Well, that's what's tricky about this one, from one because to another. you mix that, and and I'm not saying it's not going to work because Oregon obviously has one of the best environments of all college football. We're going to talk about that with Michael in a, in a little bit here, but it's a far fucking trip everywhere, <laughs> with the exception of the Washington game, because yeah. it's still 1,100 miles to Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean, like. Uh, <laughs> So here's what I worry, Patty C. You still have to travel almost the entirety of the Pacific and, coastline. And Phil Knight's 83 years old or something. Sure. I worry about this move long term. I think for the first 10 years, it's going to make a lot of sense. I think it's yeah. going to be a smash hit. Yeah. I worry long term. You got to wonder if his, uh, I guess, what would you, his, his sibling, or not his siblings, his offspring, or whoever the account holders would be, would still be 
cutting checks uh, well, like that. I, I don't. I mean, look, they're still going to probably cut him checks, but he has a passion to win a college football national championship. That's that's been outspoken. Yeah, that's been known. Yeah, I can guarantee you this: the next person that's distributing some of his money probably won't have that same passion. Yeah, they're not going to try. And that's where you ways. worry. And Oregon, as a state, doesn't produce a ton of talent, right? So, I wonder long term if this makes sense. And I'll say the same for Washington. But Washington is at least in Seattle. But I still worry long term. You start stockpiling a couple losing seasons. I just I worry about the well, do, will the fans care about watching them against Rutgers or whatever, as opposed to like even when you're having a down season, take some of those six and five seasons, like Willie Taggart season. You still want to watch them take on Oregon State. You still want to watch them take on these rivals that they've had for 120 years. Yeah. So I think it is a very, very oh, tricky. Nebraska. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Oregon without Nike. Oregon without like a the the you know the cachet of Nike, but then b the money of Nike. Don't get me wrong; they kind of had to make the move. I would still argue that the playoff berth, you know, in the Pac-12 or joining the Big 12, you know, but I think they had to make the move to the Big 12. Or I'm sorry, the Big Ten, but maybe that money from the Big Ten does give them like a, a, a sustainable boost, like to especially in the NIL era to go down to LA and keep getting these super. I'm sure. I know USC D. didn't Thomas want types. USC. That's what's hilarious is USC didn't want Oregon in the Big Ten. They had to say, "Hey, they're in the Big Ten. So yeah. I do love that angle, and I hope that rivalry spices up. But I think it's a damn shame to lose the Civil War. Yeah, uh, I think college football is a worse situation because Assuming of it. Assuming that happens. It's going to happen. Oregon well, State either way, been. it's still it's still not going to be the final game of the year anymore. Probably not. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like this is, it, it matters when it's in a conference. It matters yeah. more. Yeah. That's how course. rivalries. It's like getting Colorado, Nebraska, or getting the backyard brawl. It's cool to have it in the non-cons. Better than nothing. Yeah. But uh, the game loses some of its luster. Sure. Like when when Pitt ruined West Virginia's season to go to the national championship. Pitt was only like a three or four win team. Yeah. But they fucked up the and, the and that helps the rivalry. Yeah, when it's a national champion, like when Florida and Florida State played in the '90s, it was a non-conference game. They're both it, it kind of determined the national champion half the time, and so that was super spicy in a non-conference setting. It feeds the rivalry. But most is, most yeah. of the time, that is hasn't been the case. And since then, the Florida uh, Florida State rivalry has teetered off. Yeah, yeah. But but other rivalries. That regardless of stakes, when they're in conference, you know, ha- maintain massive importance, even more so than like. All I'm know. saying is Nebraska was dominant in the Big Twelve and in the Big Eight. Yeah, and they jumped to the Big Ten. Yeah, and here they haven't made a bowl game in six years. Yeah, right. Watch out, because I see a lot of parallels. Because Nebraska spends a shit ton of money on their football program and always have. Yeah, they don't. They don't produce a lot of in-state talent. What does Oregon do? Spend a shit ton of money on their pro, uh, on 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 uh, you know football, but they don't create a lot of talent in the yeah. state. Yeah, you know, it was my assumption actually that uh, Nebraska, you know, went a lot very much into Texas, but I, it turns out during the Osborne years, they were getting probably two thirds of their talent in state. They're just developing the hell out of it. I think they're kind of an anomaly. They, had, they went into LA too. Like they Lawrence went into Phillips. LA. Yeah. They might've been getting like their, their skill position players from LA and Texas a little more. But I think the the bulk of like their, their, you know, day-to-day grunt production was coming from in state that they just had an, like a legendary weight training program. Either way that hasn't 
they haven't been able to maintain that edge. And like, I do think they lost their recruiting edge that they probably had in Texas having to go into Ohio when you're in Nebraska, it's hard to get recruits out of there. You know, yeah. you're not a big name there. Yeah. Well, that's what I worry, man. Yeah. That's Oregon, what I worry. It's like you're going to be going into Illinois and saying, okay, right. You know, obviously you'll be able to get Southern California still, I think, but I, yeah. I still think it's a risky move. Well, man. And San I think Francisco a- is questionable whether you can go into Northern California. I'm sure they got a lot of their talent out of there and we don't know how that's going to play out. So. I still just think it's a, it's a, it's a lot of mileage on you. And, um, and I always say college sports, you hit the road, you lose. Yeah. You used to go to Stanford and Cal and Every UCLA year. and you would have like a 50, 50 crowd. Yeah. That ain't going to happen in the, in the big 12, in the big 10, yeah. I mean, you know, maybe Rutgers. <laughs> yeah. They but probably, they probably need to do it while Phil Steele is still like Phil Steele or F- Phil Knight rather. Yeah, yeah. Phil Knight is still super, well, you know, involved yeah. and passionate because I, I do I, think, look, I think the, they had to make the move. I mean, maybe you could have talked, uh, maybe they would have been better off. Cause I think it's harder to make the playoff for them now. And you know, they were USC and you said they were about to leave and they were going to have an auto bid essentially between them, Washington and Utah. Now that's still a little challenging, but at the same time, now you are in this, you're still battling Washington, but you're battling UCLA and USC, right? Yeah. So those three, then you throw Ohio state, Michigan, Penn state, Michigan state, Iowa, Wisconsin in there. Yeah. I don't know where they fall, man. And yeah. I, you wonder long-term if they're not getting in the playoffs, if that brand sinks and then obviously Phil Knight isn't a spring chicken. Yeah. So I, I, I'm very curious. I'm very curious. I actually think, you know, this sounds like a stupid statement. I guarantee you, like our listeners will say, this is a dumb statement, but I actually think if they jump in the big 12, they become the the one team, the one seed. I know they're still getting 30 million. Uh, and I know they weren't even, they didn't even want the big 12, but I'm saying 30 million is what they're making in the pack. 12. that's what they were hoping for yeah. with this deal. If they jump in there, they become like the, the, the blue blood. Yeah. I think there's something to that. And and another thing is I don't think like, you know, the big 12 is soft at all, but I think there are probably only a few teams that are throwing real body blows. Like you have wild card teams like K state that, you know, yeah, Utah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Utah, Utah now, you know, but that, that, that's what, that's what I'm getting at. In the big 10, you have these teams like Wisconsin, like Iowa, like these teams are going to hit you in the body that a, a team like Oregon might not necessarily want to be facing on. We Oregon has gotten off on, you know, having more speed than everyone they're facing and not having to face a ton of, bo- ton of body blows when they have uh, Oregon usually gives them a hard or uh, Utah rather gives them a hard I mean, time. Oregon state last year ran the ball like 18 straight yeah. times. Oregon state yeah. uh, Cal more recently under Wilcox has been a more powerful team. I feel like they've, they've kept games closer against yeah. Oregon than yeah. they probably should. Oregon is not built to deal with that kind of like, and that's what the big 10 is known for. So if you're taking body blows week to week, uh, I mean, I'm kind and I look, I f- I'm not just directing this towards Oregon. I think Oklahoma entering the SEC now. Texas, I think, will be fine. Oklahoma's one. I think they might regret that decision when it's all said and done. Yeah, Oklahoma too. We'll see. We'll see. It's going to be interesting. But uh, what do you make of Dan Lanning, Patty? A hell of a year one. Great year one. Um, maybe the most impressive. I know he's not. Uh, Didn't you know, win the rivalry game, but yeah. Yeah, let's point that yeah. out. Uh, Oregon State is our darlings. Uh, sorry, uh, Ducks fans, we kind of love you too. But um, look. You are responsible for the uh, part of the uh, demolition of a classic hundred plus year. Yeah, I'm super bitter about that. I'm super bitter about that. I'm not even a Pac-12 guy, but I'm saying like, come on, man. 
Like you're talking about if you, if you want to yeah. cough and Scott let us down, but so did the, the administrations at every one of those fucking schools. Yeah. Every one of those fucking schools failed. Yeah. In my Pathetic. Opinion. Yeah. Uh, Dillingham gone, you know, but Bo Nix amazing year last year. Um, we'll see if they can do it with a new guy at the helm, but I, I think Dan Lanning impressive in year one. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, I uh, I will say that my under cashed. I did play them on the under last year, and that cashed. They won their tenth game in a bowl game against North Carolina. Flex it, flex yeah. it. But uh, yeah, I mean, obviously you can't be disappointed. It was a great first year. Uh, we're gonna talk all about it, with the exception of the Georgia game. Georgia game was fucking disgusting. But uh, we're gonna talk game all about one. it. You yeah. gotta give a guy. It's an true. But man, that was a bad. That was a bad game. One, dude. Yeah. Look at TCU. That did was a bad game Oregon. too. Uh, just saying. How the hell does Missouri play him so close? Someone <laughs> yeah. figure that out. Yeah, uh, folks, we're gonna talk all about it. We're gonna talk about the offense, the defense, special teams. We're gonna talk about every game on the Ducks schedule in 2023. Pac-12 should be awesome in its final year. That's the irony too. Yeah. It's like uh, going out with a every- bang. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's absolutely hilarious. Uh, look, we're going to talk all about it, but first uh, I want to tell you folks out there that the college football experience, Oregon ducks, 2023 season preview is brought to you by the sports gambling podcast, Patreon. Yes. It is the perfect, the perfect uh, spot for the diehard DJ, uh, the diehard DJ. I can't talk, sign up for the Patreon. You get access uh, to exclusive contests, including the NFL win totals contest with a thousand dollar first place prize, plus a monthly SGP stories podcast. Uh, you know, Mike Leach was a good friend. We're going to probably tell some stories about us hanging with coach Leach there. May he rest in paradise. Uh, it's an ad free uncensored show highlighting the best stories from decades of being DJs. There's even a discord channel just for our patrons. sports gambling podcast has, and always will give out their picks for free. Don't get it twisted folks. This Patreon is just a way to support the, uh, the network and fight back against corporate gambling. We've been independent since 2011. So come on. There's a reason we got great fans. Help us out. Sports gambling podcast.com slash Patreon That's sports gambling podcast.com slash Patreon. Remember as always folks to let it ride. All right. We are back on the college football experience, Oregon ducks, 2023 season preview and Patty C. Well, first off folks, you should be, if you're hopefully you're watching on YouTube, youtube.com slash the college experience. Remember we also host the college basketball experience. Excited to see Dana Altman this year with the ducks. Uh, when the basketball season tips, we're here every single night of the season. So check us out, subscribe, tell a friend. Also the FCS college football experience, any Portland state Viking fans out there, or just FCS fans, check us out. Uh, you know, the, you can all separate podcasts. Also the college baseball experience, Oregon ducks had a good season this past year. Check us out. Uh, we come together as one on YouTube, youtube.com slash the college experience, subscribe, tell a friend, all that good stuff. Good folks. Of Oregon would appreciate it. Oregon's great state. Beautiful yeah. fucking state, man. What do you think Oregon fans? Do you think they get They're down awesome. with the likes of Portland state? Do you think? I don't know about that. I'd be curious. I'd be curious. Hit cross us up. Love yeah. there. The Vikings, obviously Jerry Glanville used to coach there. He's a friend of the program. June Jones, who played at Oregon. And Portland State. Hey, we're not asking of the program. you to love the Beavers here, but the Vikings, you know, maybe maybe there's a little love there. They have great names in the state. They do. Ducks, Beavers, Vikings. Beautiful. It's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, check us out, though, folks. Uh, YouTube.com slash the college experience. Pa- Patty C, we got to talk about the portal. It's crazy these days. Got to open up with that. Let's talk about what has left Eugene, and we will grade the portal to see if they won or lost it. Patty C, offensive tackle Cole Young. He says, I'm out of here. Mm. Defensive lineman, Sir Mel's. Great name. He's out of here. Cornerback, Avante Dickerson, out of here. They're still in the portal, haven't landed anywhere. Linebacker, Harrison Taggart. Shout out to Beverly Hills Cops. Sergeant Taggart. <laughs> Rosewood and Taggart. Um, he goes to BYU in the Big 12. Mm, mm, mm. 
Uh, defensive end Anthony Jones heads out. And by the way, Taggart was a four star. Twenty four seven rated him four star transfer. Same with like, the same with Avante Dickerson. That's largely what Oregon does these days, by the way. Well, three star Anthony Jones, defensive end, heads out to the Indiana Hoosiers. Well, he was good for uh, one tackle in two games, so not a huge loss. Well, uh, how about this one? Cornerback, uh, cornerback Darren Barkins. Darren Barkins heads out. Four star transfer, Patty C, to the Washington Huskies. Oh, fuck, man. Going to the arch rival? Mm, mm, mm. Only three tackles, though. One pass defense. Uh, not a huge loss from a production standpoint. Okay. Safety Trajan Williams. Portal. Three star guy. There you go. Uh, cornerback Jalil Tucker heads out to San Diego State. Mm, mm. Losing a lot on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, I, I will say. Linebacker Keith Brown heads out to the Louisville Cardinals. 21 tackles. Not, not, you know, a, the a crushing loss there. Defensive end, Trevin, uh, may I heads out to Baylor again, 12 tackles, one sack. Not okay. too bad. Uh, wide receiver, Caleb Chapman heads out to incarnate word in the FCS. Okay. One tackle defensive lineman. Keanu Williams heads out to UCLA and chip Kelly. You dirty dog. You <laughs> What did Keanu Williams? He wasn't uh, two tackles. Okay. Tight end cam McCormick heads out. This guy's like 47 years old. I think <laughs> he heads out to the Miami hurricanes, Mario Cristobal, 10 catches, 66 yards, three touchdowns though. Man, man had a nose for mm, the end zone. Mm. Uh, defensive end Jaden uh, Navarrete. He's in the portal. Mm. Hasn't landed anywhere yet. Mm, mm, mm. Uh, offensive tackle Dawson Jeremillo. Heads out to NC State. It's a little bit of a little bit of an L. Tight end Moliki Mataveo heads out to UCLA and Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly doing damage to his former team. <laughs> I wonder how much hatred is still there. <laughs> Safety Justin Flo heads out to the Arizona Wildcats. Justin Flo, good for uh, you know, 35 tackles. Okay. Not tenth on the team. A little bit of a loss. P- punter Tom Snee. Portal. Ah, the kicking game. Okay. Running back Sean Dollars heads out to Nevada, where he's a starter, a day one starter in Reno, I think. That was uh, 188 yards and 16 receptions lost. Running back Aaron Smith, portal. There's a lot of guys here. A lot of guys, but not a not a ton of production. Hang on, linebacker Brandon Buckner heads out to Middle Tennessee State, Blue Raiders in Murfreesboro. Okay. Linebacker Justin Flo, four star transferred to Arizona. Wait, that was There's who, two flows. Oh, I was looking at Justin Flo. 35. Two flows. Who who is the other flow? We got a Justin Flo and we got a Jonathan Flo. Oh. Okay. Well, Jonathan Flo, no stats produced. So yeah. Justin Flo, though, four star transfer out. Interesting. Um, how about the likes of linebacker Jabril McNeil portal? Ouch. Not really. How about running back Byron Cardwell heads out to the California Golden Bears? 76 rushing yards, one touchdown. Linebacker Jackson LaDuke heads out to the Nevada Wolfpack and Ken Wilson. Not much of a loss, but depth, depth and depth. Wide receiver Dante Thornton heads out to the Tennessee Volunteers. Jeez. Four star transfer, according to 24 7 Sports. Mm-hmm. He was good for uh, 17 catches, three, 366 yards. 
Wide not, not, you know, a complete yeah. bum. Wide receiver Malachi Russell hits the portal, hasn't landed anywhere yet. Okay. Offensive tackle Bram Walden lands at Arizona State and Kenny Dillingham, who was the OC of the Ducks mm, a year ago. Surprised there aren't more guys going to Arizona State, let's be honest. Yeah. Running back Seven McGee heads out to Jackson State in the FCS. Quarterback four star transfer Jay Butterfield lands at San Jose State and Brent Brennan. You know, he was a hundred percent completion percentage, one for one. That's all you need to be. That's baby. a tough, tough L. Uh, let's talk about these ones though. Defensive end Terrell one for one, for one yard. Ter- <laughs> <laughs> That's how you do it. Yeah. Defensive end uh, Terrell Tillman heads out to Texas Tech, who's on the schedule this year. Ouch! Shots fired. D- defensive end Braden Swenson heads out to LSU and Brian Kelly and his family. Jeez, they uh, Braden Swenson yeah, three eight tackles. Depth. It's all depth that they're losing here. Why? Why is this team losing? That's a lot so of players, players. That, and that's it though. Let's talk about incoming. All right. Incoming because they were active Alabama cornerback Kyrie Jackson. Nice coming in from the crimson tide. This is a, ta- this is an offensive tackle. I just did the Ohio state preview with a, our, our, our analyst there and Ohio state struck out on bringing in Rhode Island offensive tackle, a Cornelius, mm, Oregon got him. Oregon got him. Very nice. The Ducks added that was a big get. I know you say Rhode Island, but that was a big get. You look at Florida State last year. Jared Verse was their best defensive player. He comes in from Albany. Some of those oh, gems, diamonds in the rough. North Subscribe to the FCS podcast. Yep. Uh, FCS College Football Experience. Uh, wide receiver Trayshawn Holden from Alabama comes into Oregon, but I I think he might have had a something happen with the law. Am I crazy mm. there? Um, something to monitor. It's not uncharacteristic of Alabama. Iowa Hawkeyes linebacker, and this guy's a stud, Justin Jacobs. Comes into the Ducks. Nice. He's gonna have to play at Iowa. It seems like uh, mm. soon, huh? Yeah. Uh, they also got Texas offensive lineman Junior Ang- Angwell. He transfers in. I uh, see. So Alabama lineman and Texas lineman coming in. Two Alabama guy. Oh yeah, for the line. Yes, yes. Um, and then you have Troy wide receiver Tez Johnson. The Trojans were good last year were. in the Sun Belt. Uh, he comes in to the ducks and then safety. This guy was all mountain West. Evan Williams from Fresno state. I'll drink. I have a way <laughs> shot right now. Better than Jack Daniels. He comes in. He's, he's a good safety. You know, Chloe put me on to Evan Williams better than Jack. Daniels. Got it. Yeah. It's, it's right there. No, no, no. It's, it's Jack Daniels got too much sugar. Um, uh, linebacker Connor soul coming in from Arizona state. It's like they did a little trade, right? <laughs> this is a huge one here though. Defensive end Jordan Birch from South Carolina. This guy was a stud at South Carolina. Yeah. Once again, South Carolina got destroyed in the portal, and a lot of it had to do with moves like that. Nice. Uh, wide receiver Gary Bryant comes in from USC. Four star from USC. Just getting it done. Getting it done. Ole Miss safety Tysheem Johnson transfers into to to Oregon. Patty C. Uh, Ole Miss tight end Casey Kelly transfers into Oregon. Oh, uh, Colorado cornerback Nico Reed. This is one of the actual good players on Colorado's roster a year ago. Transfers into the Ducks. He's a wide receiver. No corner. Corner. Uh, remember the year before Oregon went and got Christian Gonzalez, who was a first round draft pick from the Colorado Buffaloes. Mm, that's right. Uh, also, defensive end Caden Ludwig comes in from the Colorado Buffaloes. Where did Christian Gonzalez end up getting picked? I know he was projected at the high end of the first round. I'll double check that. He was like, I think he was like a top 10 pick, right? A top 15, something like that. 
Uh, he was getting that kind of hype. Um, pick seventeen. Yeah. Okay. There we go. The and then this one is the one that doesn't make sense to me. Offensive lineman Nishad Strouther from East Carolina transfers in. Why would you leave <laughs> the greatest institution in all the world to go? I mean, look, Oregon's a nice place, I'm sure, but. Crowbar that bad boy in there. Patty C, did they win or lose the portal? Because that's everybody. Push? I mean, Birch. Uh, I'd say they won it. Three and a half sacks. I mean, Slight win. Slight win here. I'm going to say push. Okay. Well, let's take a look at this offense because who's there? Like, did they get a single impact? Like, super impact? Let's say the Bama guys. Yeah, I mean, it's tough to say without any kind of. I I, I, w- I would have to check to see if they had they were given honors. I guess that's the best way. Of really, the it's just impossible to know with offense alignment outside of like word of mouth whether they're going to be huge impact players or not. But Alabama and Texas is generally a pretty yeah. good indicator. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Patty C. The offense. They lost Kenny Dillingham. He did a great job. Did a great job a season ago with yeah. Bo Nix. Yeah, he did. New OC is Will Stein coming in from UTSA. Last year, like I don't know how relevant this this numbers will be because New OC, but they were the tenth best scoring offense in America, the twelfth best rush offense, the seventeenth best pass pass offense, and the sixth best total offense. Super impressive. I, I I would be curious to see what the other teams um, at the top of this list did in terms of, I mean, the teams above them, Tennessee, super passing team, Washington, super passing team, USC, super passing team, UCLA, probably pretty balanced and Georgia, probably pretty balanced. Um, I would say balance is a helpful thing because if a team has excellent uh, personnel that is geared in a way that can stop your specialty or if their coaches are great at stopping your specialty, then if you can zag away from them and, and have a, have a second thing that you can lean on, then that's a good thing. So losing Dillingham, if he was able to have balance and still be that productive hurts, but uh, hopefully they're, they're able to replicate what they did last year. Cause that's super impressive over 500 yards a game. Yeah. I mean, they should be, uh, they should be excited because Bo Nix is back. Also, Ty Thompson's still there as the backup. So they're very sound at the quarterback position. Running back position, I think they're looking all right, too. Bucky Irving is back. Um, you got to like that. They also have no, uh, Noah Whittington and Jordan James behind him. The receivers, adding Tez Johnson from Troy, still have Chris Hudson, uh, Troy Franklin, who was second team all Pac 12 a season ago. And then you add Treshawn Holden from Alabama. So, yeah, maybe I am wrong about the Alabama thing. I don't know. I thought, thought I saw something. But also, Terrence Ferguson's back at the tight end spot. How do you see the offense should be rolling as long as the offensive line, which brings back three of five? What do you make of this offense? You think, I don't know, it's a new offensive coordinator. So, should we expect like more of the same? Or do you uh, think the offense will be better? Uh, OC again was uh, Will Stein. Where was he from again? UTSA. UTSA. Well, they feel like they threw the ball around. Frank Harris. Uh, Captain Harris, Captain Harris, good production there. So I think you know that bodes well for Oregon. All Could in all, be. eight starters back who started college football games a year ago. Bucky Irvin, thousand yard back. I mean, uh, and when you you mentioned uh, Bo Nix's production, seventy two percent completion percentage, 
35 or 3,600 yards, really uh, 29 touchdowns, seven interceptions and uh, 510 rushing yards with 14 rushing touchdowns. He's a Heisman candidate, right? Yeah, definitely. definitely. I wonder where in the uh, Heisman odds he lies, but if you can get, if you're bringing back a 1100 yard back and a Heisman level quarterback, you got to be a little excited. A hundred percent. And they also bring back eight starters on defense. If you added some of the transfers, uh, Patty C you gotta be and, and you think Dan Lanning defensive side of the ball. I know, you know, he coached under Mel Tucker and Mel Tucker struggled at defensive in, in, at Michigan state, but you would think landing, it might be easy to see that tide turn. Maybe they take a step in the right direction. Next they return two of uh, no three of four on the defensive line. If you add in Jordan Birch as a transfer, so starter that is so three of four are starters a year ago. Uh, Brandon Dorless uh, at the other end spot. Casey Rogers at the defensive tackle spot. Popo Amuave uh, at the nose tackle spot is the is the newcomer here. Well, with Birch as well. The linebacking core gets two of three back. Justin Jacobs. Uh, well, once again, when I say two of three back, two of three that started in college football a year ago. Justin Jacobs was at Iowa. Jeffrey Bassa comes in, or does return though as a starter, and they're counting on Jalil Florence. Uh, to 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 be the the newcomer there, in a way, uh, depending on how you look at that. The in, in the secondary, Dante Manning is back at the corner spot. Kyrie Jackson comes in from Alabama. They also have Nico Rito, I alluded to, um, and and Bridges also deep on that depth chart. They like him at the corner spot. Safety Tysheem Johnson from Ole Miss comes in. He's going to start Evan Williams. So it's basically a new secondary uh, from transfers. But Sewell, uh, Noah Sewell was that's. Um, Penny, Penny, Penny's Penny brother. Yeah, he's gone. He's gone. Gone. Uh, they are they are breaking in a uh, a brand new punter, but the kicker Camden Lewis is back. He was fourteen of sixteen on field goals a year ago. Second team all pack twelve. Patty C is the offense and the defense going to be better than a year ago? Uh, pretty tough to say. Um, I mean, a lot of the uh, big time players, like you said, Sewell Gonzalez, gone. Doorless though, nine and a half sacks team leader in sacks returns at the defensive tackle spot. So uh Bossa, the second leading tackler, I think maybe about okay. the same. I mean, yeah. two years ago, they were number 70 in the uh, nation. Atash Lupoy's first year last year, uh, number 71. So I guess, but that's Dan Lanning's first year. So uh, you would think they're going to improve just on continuity alone from year one to year two. Right? Yeah. And I can tell you this, the non cons a little easier last year. They had Georgia and BYU, mm-hmm. right? Eastern Washington was the FCS, but Eastern Washington was not a very good FCS last year. Uh, this year they get Portland state, not a very good FCS. Yep. Hawaii as one of the other ones. And then at Texas tech. Now that's tough, tricky but game. Yeah, tricky game. but, but it's an easier non-con than a year ago. And uh, the Abercrombie model himself, Tyler Shuck, a former oh, Oregon the, duck. Yeah, we had the Shuck bowl, Shuck, the duck, Shuck, the duck bowl. Um, well, then you have this though. And this is what I find interesting. There are away games last year, although the Georgia game was really an away game, but for some reason, no one deems that as a away game. Yeah. I find ridiculous, but uh, three uh, and a half minutes from the Georgia campus, 48 hours from the Oregon yes, campus, yeah, ridiculous. neutral site game. 
Uh, but Patty, see if you look at the other away games within conference a year ago at Washington State in a game they probably should have lost 44 41. That was a wild game. That was a fucking wild, wild game. Yeah. Uh, but they had a winning record. But at Arizona, they did take care of business. At California, they took care of business. At Colorado, they took care of business. But those are all three teams with losing records. They played at Oregon State to end the season and they took an L. Um, they did leave by 21 at one point. True. True. But. I mean, they lost to Washington yeah. by three. Squeak. That by. was a wild game too, man. Oregon should have won that game. Now let's get. That's Oregon what's hilarious. Oregon should have beat Washington, but they should have probably lost to Washington State. <laughs> so I guess it all it all. That's a push. Uh, yeah, they probably were about what their record indicated they were last year: ten and three. Um, one of the biggest sissy bowl games of all time. In fact, we were trying to think of sissy bowl games that could happen, and North Carolina, Oregon. <laughs> You know, was one that we suggested without that even being on the uh, radar, and then lo and behold, that matchup happened. happened. Um, Let's 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 go game by game on the schedule. But before we do that, I want to tell you that the College Football Experience Oregon Ducks preview is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Yes, the NFL season is right around the corner. Underdog Pickup is a great way to get down on a ton of NFL player props. It's available in a ton of different markets as well. Plus, plenty of opportunities to win in their daily MLB contests. And of course, make sure you enter their Best Ball Mania, where first place gets three million dollars. Head over to UnderdogFantasy.com. Use that promo code. SGPN for hundred percent deposit bonus up to a hundred dollars. Once again, that's underdogfantasy.com promo code SGPN. And remember as always folks to let it ride. Um, all right. Bonex, by the way, uh, fourth stud preseason Heisman voting tied for fourth uh, plus 1200 mm. NFL radar excited about Bo Nix. Dude, he has some guns and he is an athlete. I was a fan of his father, Patrick Nix, back then. That's how old I am. Folks. Well, I'll tell you yeah. what. Maybe, maybe this is just the difference between the Pac 12 and the SEC. SEC has a way of making their quarterbacks, you know, be secondary to the rest of the team. Maybe they just have faster defenses, who know? But Bo Nix looks like white lightning well, he in an Oregon under uniform. Gus has never been quarterback friendly. Not quarterback friendly, but all quarterbacks under Gus Malzahn look very questionable to me. Yeah, <laughs> usually as passers though, but he did look. Watch, more Mikey Keen is going to light it up at Fresno this year. Yeah, and he was at UCF, started a bunch with Malzahn. All right, people are going to be like, "Huh? How's that possible?" <laughs> um, all right, hold on, let's talk about this. But if you're watching on YouTube, YouTube.com/slash The College Experience, you see the sweet graphic. It looks fucking fantastic. Oregon always has fire uniforms. They do. Patty C, the wind total sitting at nine and a half. Are you uh, first lean would be over, right for you? Yeah, I think. I, mean, I think so. I think last year was ten and a half, right or ten? I don't remember. I know I hit though. Because recent I history, uh, COVID not included. Twelve and two, ten and four, ten and three. So ten wins. Uh, you know, whether that, uh, one, that last time or the nine and three last year, they still actually, that wouldn't hit. Yeah. No, I hit the under last year, nine and I a hit half the under last year. I don't know. It seems about on. And I actually do remember some ducks. Give me some duck fans. Give me a hard time. Look, I think there's, they're a very good program, but last year I thought the under was the play. It was but the play. There's like four or five preseason top 25 teams in the pack 12. Yeah. And for some reason, the conference is going away. Yeah, figure this one out. <laughs> Let me get this straight. You have like five win totals that are above nine. Yeah, and you can't right? keep it together. You got a, a six team that's win totals at like seven in Washington State, and then you got Deion Sanders. It's like the most talked about guy in college football, yeah. and you couldn't keep this fucking league together. Well, you know, it's funny. I mean, I know we're going down a rabbit hole, but wasn't it 
isn't ESPN one of the people that was going to be in control of putting a bid on the table that the Pac-12 could use? It seems like ESPN like purposefully no. blew it up. Well, th- there's been speculation about that, and ma- maybe, like, maybe you got something there. Maybe you got something there because they they wanted it to go. They elsewhere. wanted, but, the, but Klavikov uh, also thought there was going to be a lot more money. And ESPN's oh, like, they Whoa. screwed up. They yeah. didn't take put the measures in place to protect. They themselves. should have took those Big Twelve schools. The Pac-12 was getting all snotty, uh-uh. getting on their fucking I high mean, horse. They, they yeah. basically took the exact opposite approach. The ACC went hyper conservative and put a grant of rights in place until 2036. Their teams won out, but they can't get out. The Pac-12 was super confident and liberal about their approach. No, no uh, surprise there. And just uh, d- thought that everything was going to be on the yeah. table for them. Everything's going to be streaming by then. No worry. protections. Just let's uh, pure capitalism. I'll give them credit for that. Didn't work out for them. Yeah, it did not. Uh, Patty C. September second. Will it work out for the Oregon Ducks when they host the Portland State Vikings? It will work out for them. <laughs> <laughs> I got a one to know. Patty C. Got a one to know. Then they head to Lubbock, Texas, on September. September 9th, Patty C. Dangerous ass game. This is an upset special for me. I have the Red Raiders pulling off an upset. This place is gonna be fucking bananas. I already know that they've already sold out their season tickets for this year. Joey McGuire and Texas Tech, great first year. And some of them, some some experts have Texas Tech playing for the Big 12 championship. Shucking and jiving, if Shucking, you will. Oh, and you add that spice to it. Mm, it's we, a fun one. Because you know that Nick's they gave it to Nick, so he dipped out. Mm, you the, the, add that mm, fire to it. Texas Tech's winning this game. They very well could. They very well could. They're Flip winning a coin. This game. I'll give it to Oregon. Uh, there you go. So two and zero. Oh, I got a one and one. Then Timmy Chang, who I interviewed just a couple weeks ago, great guy. Um, Patty C. Win. Yeah, Hawaii loses in Eugene. So two and one. Then Deion Sanders. Dan Lanning said he threw some strays out there he at uh, Dion there, and and, and, and the buffs. Even though they won a national championship a lot more recently, oh, Oregon has it. But uh, yeah, they should they should wax Colorado at home, right? Very much so. So three and one. It's going to be interesting though to see if Colorado has the horses on defense to hang and maybe uh, go man. I mean that that that's really what Deion Sanders might be able to do is just do that cover zero thing that Virginia Tech did to Ohio State back in the day. Lock down the receivers and and commit nine to the box. Still, it's in it's in Austin. If it was in Boulder, maybe, but yeah, nah, not yeah, in Austin. Yeah. I'll say this about Oregon: if they get that Texas Tech game, it is a great start to their season because on September thirtieth they go to Palo Alto, the farm, for the final time to take on uh, the final time as conference members take on Troy Taylor and the Stanford Cardinal, which for some reason I feel like always kind of give them more than you think. Yeah, you know, more of a game than you think, but. Patty all C. time, all time, Oregon thirty-five and fifty against uh, Stanford. I have Oregon winning this, and I think there's a strong chance they could be five and zero oh. if they get if they get that Texas Tech game. They're going to be five and zero. Oh. I have them five and zero. Oh. I got them four and one. I think that's reasonable too. They get a bye week, and then they head to Seattle to take on the Washington Huskies. That's a loss. <laughs> I agree. That is a loss. Uh, so I got them four and two. What was that game last year, though? Out of curiosity, Oregon should have beat Washington. Thirty-seven. Beat yeah, Oregon should have beat them. Yeah, should have beat them. Quite some questionable coaching, I thought, in that game. But Patty C. Uh, the very next week, they're hosting the Washington State Cougars. Sneaky game because the next game's huge. But I got them beating Washington State. Bounce back spot. A game you said Washington State should have won last year. They should have, but it was in Pullman. This yeah. one's in Austin. They're not winning this one. Yeah. So, so you got them. Five and two. Five and I two. I got them six and one. 
And remember the win total sitting at nine and a half and they headed into rice Eccles stadium where the Utes are 19 and zero in their last 19. That's a loss. <laughs> I agree. They've been slapped around. It was it uh, two years ago. They lost 38, 10. And then like, what were the 37, 15 to Utah in, in 19 and 2021, Oregon went 10 and four with two losses to uh Oh wait, they beat Utah. Utah years, 38 right? no? 7 in the regular season and then 2 weeks later 38 10 against Utah. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, that year. Um Patty see they're losing this game and I'm on the under just on that cuz that's three losses. Uh I have them losing that game and that puts me at two, two. losses. Yeah. Okay, then they host the Cal Golden Bears, Justin Wilcox. He's an Oregon Duck grad dangerous coming game. into Eugene, dangerous because of the look ahead potential. Sure. Then they host the USC Trojans yep. and Lincoln Riley. What are you doing here? There's a potential for a win here at home. I'll give it to him. I'll give it to him, even though I think I would favor USC with well, Caleb Williams. But let me tell you this. Yeah. There's no way they're winning their last four games. And either way, it doesn't matter. They might be eight and four. I think you're right. The, the last two might be a two and two stretch here. I'll give them three and one. I don't know which game it's going to lose. I guess you're probably right. USC would be the most likely, but or- Oregon State. They could, yeah, yeah. Well, then hold on. After USC on November 11th, they're at Arizona State. Kenny Dillingham gets Ooh. a chance to pay revenge against his old team. Pay his respects to his old respects, team. whatever you want to say. Um, I'll give that to Oregon. I think Arizona State's yeah. rebuilding, but I mean that's always sneaky to go into the desert. Even with Justin Herbert, they lost that game. Yeah, at Sun Devil Stadium. Yep. And then they're home to Oregon State, the Civil War, the final Civil War, and that's where I cannot wait to watch this. I got an upset special brewing. Give me the give me the beeves. I don't think it's that big of a stretch to to say that, uh, but I like your confidence there. Eight and four. Eight and four sounds very possible. Nine and three sounds possible. Ten and two. Is very optimistic. It's a hard schedule, though, man. Yeah. Under. Under. Yeah. I mean, it, it. They could go over nine and a half, and you got those road games are brutal. Washington though. on on the road, Utah on the road, and then you got number four preseason USC and uh, number seventeen Oregon State. And some people have Texas Tech playing for the Big Twelve Championship. You got to go into Lubbock. That's uh, you got to go into the desert and yeah. look. Arizona Texas Tech preseason number twenty. You got to go yeah. there. So it's three top twenty preseason road games. Uh, well, and, and Arizona State, which is just weird. And by the time you play Arizona State, it'll be like D- Dillingham year two. I don't expect Arizona State to be great this year, much like Colorado. But things happen in the desert. Oregon always struggles, whether it was Arizona or Arizona State. I feel like going to the desert is always wacky. And Stanford, yeah, for whatever yeah. reason. Yeah, I just can't see them having a, a super. I mean, Bo Nix. Is awesome. Though. So who do they miss? They get all the best teams. Who do they miss? They miss UCLA, right? They're not playing UCLA. Okay, UCLA. They're not good. playing Arizona, which you kind of want to play Arizona. Yeah, you would have liked that. Colorado. Oh no, they no, got they them. get Colorado. So who? So is, is there a third school that I'm missing here? No, it's twelve teams. Yeah, so they miss those two. Colorado or UCLA and Arizona. So it's kind of a wash because you kind of want Arizona on the schedule, uh, but. UCLA is capable of beating you. Yeah, I'm on the under. I feel pretty good about it. How do you feel about it? Feel pretty solid about it too. Yeah, folks. Uh, well, look. I mean, it's got to be interesting to watch. We could be wrong here because Oregon's very talented, but uh, you know, I feel all right about that play. And and look, I had a chance to sit down with Michael Barker, 
who's been to to Austin a few times, I believe, and Eugene, and it's such a great town. I had an opportunity to sit down with him to ha- talk about his experiences to Eugene. So, with no further ado, here's that interview. Beyond the college football experience, Oregon Ducks 2023 season preview is none other than Michael Barker, aka the College Football Campus Tour. Yes, you can find him on Twitter at CFB Campus Tour. Uh, I call him the king of college football stadiums because he's been to every single FBS stadium and most of the FCS and D2 and D3, and his page documents his travel from, you know, five, six, seven games each every week. Absolutely phenomenal. He did three games in, a, in a, on a Saturday at one point last year. Uh, you do the photo of the game. You document the history. Everything that's everything you're doing is great, Michael. I appreciate you hopping on the show, man, and uh, talking about Austin Stadium, which I consider. I know it's rather new compared to some of the the, the other stadiums we've talked about that we love, whether it's Ohio Stadium or. You know, but I consider this one a, a, a cathedral too. I'm just going to throw that out there. See what you see what you think about that. Um, but but how you doing, man? I'm doing great. And you know, Otson is a West Coast must destination. I talk to people in the South all the time, and you know, you say, "What's your your bucket list stadium?" And and you know, they're they're used to the SEC stadium, so they're going to name Husky Stadium. They're going to say Montana, Washington, Grizzly, and Otson comes up a, a lot. So. I'm not going to argue with you as far as uh, you know, cathedral, what it's a must visit for college football fans. Yeah. I know it doesn't have the classic cathedral look from the outside, but man, inside it's fucking phenomenal, man. It just looks perfect. Uh, tell me about the history of this place. So you mentioned it's, you know, it's not a hundred year old stadium. It's built in 1967. Um, it had, uh, has 54,000 seat capacity standing room only. You can get about 6,000 extra people. They moved in there in 1967 after uh, Hayward field was considered unplayable. And it's very interesting because Hayward field is now probably the, the best world-class track stadium there is. So uh, you know, the, the money that's been invested in Oregon, not only, you know, made Otson, but it rebuilt a, a stadium that was deemed unplayable for football. Uh, the record crowd there was 60,055 versus Arizona State in 2011 when game day came. Um, Keith Jackson, one of our favorites, probably the, the best announcer in the history of college football. He, his quote is, Otson Stadium per square yard is the loudest stadium on the, in the history of the planet. Um, in 2007, the, the crowd registered a 127.2 decibel rating there and uh, just a little nugget, you know, the Pac-12 championship is now played at that stupid vacuum Roomba hockey puck in Las Vegas. But in 2011, uh, Otson hosted the first ever Pac-12 championship game, uh, a game they won versus UCLA. Oh man. Oh man. You, it, like, that come on Pac-12. How do you blow this up? No wonder why your, your conference is falling apart. Uh, look, uh, no, I mean, that that's great to know the history there on that. And this stadium always looks awesome. Like I've, I've never been, but from a fan experience, it just seems like they get it. They are college football in this pocket in the Northwest, you know, just unbelievable. How many times you've been there, man? I've been there for two games and both of them were great. Uh, 2019, it was 37-35 victory over Washington State, uh, last second field goal. And then last year, 
It was uh, the the rivalry game versus Washington. 37-34, they lost. Washington kicked the game winning field within uh, under one minute. And, you know, what's different about Autzen is you don't get – West Coast has a reputation for not having hostile – and I say hostile in a good way – fans. Um, these people are – they're – and unhinged is not even the right word. They're, they're great fans and they impact the game and they are loud. And, you know, Keith Jackson says per square yard is the loudest. Well, you know, Lloyd Carr, former Michigan stadium said it's the loudest crowd he's ever heard. And he plays in the big house and they have the biggest stadium in college football. So it just speaks uh, volumes about the reputation, the participation of the fans there. And, you know, they're right now West coast hope along with USC to break through in the playoff and get a national championship. So, um, you know, great crowd, great history, great stadium, and, and definitely one where you can let loose if you go uh, attend a game at Autzen. I mean, and this is another one. Can you imagine a home playoff game at Autzen? Holy shit, the world would be incredible. Don't fuck this up, college football. Don't fuck this up. I know you're, you're we've already agreed on one round, it should be both rounds. Both rounds. We don't care about the bowl games. We don't. We do not care about the camping bowl. We want to watch a game in Autzen in some of these legendary stadiums. Uh, yeah, I got to get to a game here, uh, Michael. I appreciate you hopping on the show, man. And folks, like I said, go follow his page. You will not be disappointed at CFB Campus Tour. Thanks again, Michael. And maybe one day I'll see you at Autzen. Yeah, let's let's do it. And I'm just imagining a tweet right now with the greater than sign, right? Autzen Stadium greater than the Pop Tart Bowl, right? So uh, I'm ready. But yeah, we got to get out there for a game. But thank you for having me as always. Anytime, and uh, yeah, you yeah, we got to get there, man. And uh, the shame shame on the Pac-12 for playing at that terrible stadium in Vegas. All right, uh, all right, man. Take care and have a wonderful night. You too. Thank you. You're welcome, Michael Barker. Doing the Lord's work, traveling to all the college football stadiums. And I know it's a great that, American man. That was recorded before, obviously, the jump to the Big Ten. Yeah. He's obviously not very fond of that move as well. Any one that loves college football, and I don't think it's Oregon's fault. I think yeah. it's I think it's the Big Ten's fault. I think it's their lack of leadership's fault. We have argued a million times that one of the things that differentiates college football from the NFL, and the NFL has great tradition in its own right, but it, it hasn't leaned into it as hard, you know, and college football has made a point of leaning into tradition, but NFL recently is, NFL is going to fucking Applebee's. You know what I mean? It's like nah, this corporate, this point, it's corporate nonsense. They got, they, we don't want the NFL on the college football level. Yeah. 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 We and, we, and Oregon's a perfect example of what is not the NFL. This is a small town. NFL has one of those. It's the Packers. It's the only thing cool left in the fucking NFL. Yeah. All right. Uh, the or the Oregon ducks, the almighty yeah. dollar has taken over, but you know, at the end of the day, you still got to, it's just college football teams playing the sport of football. I don't care how much money you're uh, are in your coffers, right? It's yeah. 11 on 11 on the fucking football field. So I think Oregon's got a good chance this year, but it's a it's very tough schedule. Very tough schedule. It's going to be a fun to fun to watch the final season of the Pac-12. Yeah. I wonder if Klavikov will be going to these awesome games that are happening every weekend. Who knows, folks? We're both on the under, but we still, hey, Oregon. We Quack. hope you don't turn it into Nebraska. Quack. But tread lightly. Tread Quack. very yeah. lightly. This is the college football experience. Subscribe to uh, subscribe to the college basketball experience, the FCS college football experience, the college baseball experience, sports gambling podcast, doing all 32 NFL previews. Check out all that stuff. Check out the discord sports gambling podcast.com slash discord. 
All right, folks, this is the college football experience, Oregon duck style. You better start thinking about yours and we out of here.